Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. The best views come from the hardest climb. You don't climb the mountain so that the world can see you. You climb the mountain so that you can see the world. Crystal Bauman is a return guest on the podcast. Back in February, we were celebrating her chemotherapy responding for the first time. And she comes back today. We have news to share. But before we get to that, Crystal, talk to me about the mountain, 28 rounds of chemo and what that journey, you've, you've explained it to me as the mountain was three phases for you. So talk to me about phase one of climbing the mountain to beat leukemia. Yeah, so phase one, the mountain, I didn't even see the mountain. The mountain didn't exist. I heard the news, you have leukemia. And I was I was in shock for probably a week. And then I was in complete denial. And then I was just like, all right, I, I have cancer. I'm, I'm going to be sick. Mm-hmm. And I took the sick role. And I don't know if I was, I don't even, it's hard to remember what I was thinking at the time, but... I wasn't eating, I wasn't working out, I was losing all this weight. I don't know if I was sad or what I was, but I know I for sure was fearful of getting vulnerable and telling anyone. I didn't tell anyone. And then I finally told you, and that's that's kind of where I accepted the fact I had cancer. And I accepted it, and I started working out, I started getting healthier. But you call phase one... What do you- I'd call phase one shock and denial, still, okay. probably. Yep. And then it started to shift where it was, I was definitely accepting it. I was ready to fight. I was going to fight. But, but then I just kept, it was bad news after bad news. The chemo was not responding over and over and over. And I was just like, why am I fighting? What is the purpose of this? And mm-hmm. I was definitely feeling defeated, but I wasn't giving up. Yep. So I was just going with the motions. And then it was, I think it was March where the doctors didn't tell me, but I knew, I was like, all right, if this doesn't start working, I'm, I'm going to die. I mm-hmm. knew it. And they, it wasn't until my body finally did respond that they said that they were anticipating three months or less. For you to live. For me to live, yeah. And I knew it, but they didn't officially tell me. So mm-hmm. then it was, that was more spring of 2019 that I was, I was extremely fearful and anxious and I'd go to bed and I'd anticipate. I seriously thought I wasn't going to wake up. I was scared to go to bed because I thought I was going to die. And that was that was months of that. And so I was still fighting, but I was extremely anxious. I was an extremely anxious fighter. I was timid. I wasn't I wasn't really I wasn't doing what I love. I was trying to run from everything bad. I was boxing way too much. I, I mean, it's just boxing was an incredible source of um it was major stress relief and Mm -hmm. it was a good escape but it was too much at times and especially for when it turned into me running from all my bad feelings yep and so it was almost like that second phase turned into like I was accepting it but then running away from it at the same time yeah so then it was like the third phase when my body finally responded to the chemo it was it was seriously a miracle I mean they thought three months or less Mm -hmm. and I pushed it out. It was what another six months. And once my body responded, they're like, okay, wait, this, this girl might have something here. And that's when they had told me that what they were anticipating. So my body had responded and that was 
November, I believe, and then it was February where it responded again, and they finally gave me a timetable for when chemo was going to end. It was like five more rounds, I think, and then it was April where I started feeling alive again. The, my skin tone came back, and I kept... I didn't really realize that it was the leukemia leaving my body. It took mm-hmm. me, I was like, oh, it's the sun. Oh, it's vitamins. Oh, it's what I'm eating. And then it hit me. I was like, whoa, wait, I'm coming back to life. Mm-hmm. And it was the coolest feeling ever. And then my hair started coming back with the less less chemo. And then I had, my last chemo was uh, May 31st, the last round in the treatment plan. I had a bone marrow procedure the next day. And then on June 3rd is when I met with my doctor and she officially said that I'm in remission. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's uh, remission, right? Remission. Like we, we had been praying about that. We had been looking at that mountain. You, you felt like at times you were fighting alone. And just talk to me about that overall journey. How did it give you more perspective in life? Because that mountain was so big. Like so big, and at times you wanted to quit, and you went through all those phases. But talk to us about just the journey. What did it teach you about life and having better perspective in life? I think the main thing it did is it slowed me down so I could really reflect on who I was as a person. There were so many. A lot of times growing up, I was kind of told who I am. I was I was Crystal, the hockey player, the hockey star. I'm going to college for hockey, 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 hockey. And then when I stopped playing hockey, I was kind of, I was lost for a bit in college. Like you lost your identity? I lost my identity completely. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was. I was like, what do I, what am I without hockey? That's all I do is hockey. And then I graduated college and I jumped right into a job at a school. I was working with kids, doing what my, what my degree was, but it wasn't my full purpose. I'm definitely working with kids as part of my purpose, but it definitely wasn't it. And But I wasn't reflecting on it. I wasn't thinking. And so I was still trying to reestablish myself as a crystal that wasn't playing hockey anymore. And then, But I was working and not really thinking about it. And then cancer hit, and I was like, okay, now I'm crystal with cancer, and now I'm fighting another battle. Mm-hmm. And so what cancer did is it slowed me down to really think and reflect on who I was. And there's a lot of aspects to my identity that I just wasn't recognizing. I love so many things. I'm not just, I don't just love sports. I love reading. I love poetry. I love writing. I love, there's so many things and cancer slowed me down enough to really recognize them and realize that I can utilize those in all areas of life. Yeah, I mean, talk to me about that that difference between what you would have done if you would have stayed on the crystal hockey player path trying to find your identity compared to crystal now because you're a completely different person, you yeah. know, because of cancer. And I know you wouldn't wish that fight upon anybody, but uh, here you are. And I've never seen you happier. I've never, like the smile that radiates from you, you can just feel it. You said you felt yourself coming alive again, but it's not even alive as far as who you were before. You're a new, you're a new person. Yeah, a complete, a completely new person. Before I was trying to tell myself, I was like, oh, I haven't changed. I'm still, I'm still crystal. I'm still strong. I'm still resilient. That's who I am. 
But if I would have stayed the trying to forget the hockey part and trying to see where I fit with working with kids and just kind of doing what my degree said, I, I, my degree was in health and physical education, K through 12 teaching, and that's what I was doing. But I wasn't really happy and I just, I wasn't experiencing true joy. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm embracing all these different aspects of my identity, I'm, I'm just each day I'm taking, I truly feel it's a blessing and I'm just finding so much joy in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. Before I was just, I was, I don't know, it was just like working out brought me some happiness, playing sports brought me some things, my work did a little bit, but now I'm just like full of life and just every day. Mm-hmm. everyday little things I'm full of life and 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 that journey though right before this amazing news back in March so it was about a month and a half after you were on the podcast last time so you were in the podcast my first guest back in February fight like your life depends on it you got your first good news and about six weeks later you hit what I what I would say is your rock bottom you were you were ready to quit Talk to me about March. I remember the date because I still like I, I look back on the text because I it was it like shook me to see you you get to that point. But that was March 15th. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the things leading up to that, I was having a difficult time. For some reason, I had these what I thought were my best friends from college, my best friends that I thought were going to be best friends for life. And they just kind of they weren't really there for me. They were never reaching out. They, they never, I'll just be honest. I mean, straight up, they, they they never visited me. I mean, their best, who they call their best friend has cancer is in the hospital is getting treatment. They never came to see me at all. And so I I was definitely, I was sad about that and kind of like mourning the loss of my friendships Mm -hmm. and then trying to find who I could trust again. I'm a person that it takes a lot for me to trust a person and to really value a friendship. I want close friends. I want a core mm-hmm. five group of people. And it was almost like I was finding a completely new different group mm-hmm. of people. And then at the same time, I don't like reaching out for help. So I lost those people, mourning them, still trying to establish my core five, which I definitely have. But then at the same time, not reaching out for help when I needed it. I was Mm -hmm. just isolating myself even more when I really needed the help. So March 15th hit was just kind of a buildup of a lot of emotions. And I didn't, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see my purpose. I couldn't see the things I loved. I couldn't do the typical self-care things I would do when I do get sad. And I remember I was walking around my neighborhood, the sun was setting and it just hit me. I was like, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm done. I'm, I don't even know what I'm fighting for. I couldn't see what I was fighting for. I was blind. I, I wanted to die that night. I really did. I wanted to, I just wanted to give up. And I've never experienced a feeling like that so strong in my entire life. But you didn't give up. I didn't. You I, reached out. I reached out. I reached out to you. And you called me. I didn't answer. I was driving around. It was pitch dark at this time. I was just thinking... And then you left me a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember much about the voicemail, but it said something about all those kids, all those kids you work with. And that's when it hit me, and I was like, these kids do love me. I could not have a single adult friend in the world, but I have 20-some kids, 10 and under, that love me like a superhero. Yeah. I mean, Crystal's a super, like the name Crystal is basically a superhero in their minds. Yeah. 
And I thought about how selfish it would be to stop fighting for their sake. Yeah. They would they would lose me. And exactly. I know how important I am to them and they are to me. So Of course. It pulled me out. <laughs> when you, when you've lost your way, you've lost your why and you mm-hmm. forgot your why. I'm glad I at least said one thing in that voice now <laughs> that, that struck home. But I just kept thinking to myself, like if you if you ever lose your way, you've lost your why. And you just need to be reminded of your why. And mm-hmm. it, it's it shows because so many people look at Crystal Bauman and they think man, this girl can fight through anything. And I've coached thousands of people and know, I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've been a coach ever since I got out of college. And no doubt, you're one of, <laughs> one of the toughest people, maybe the toughest person I've ever worked with. And uh, so it was, it was different seeing you there because you don't like to be vulnerable. And, but you needed to reach out, right? And you needed to pull yourself out of that. And this time in our world is so crazy right now. We have the pandemic. Uh, we live, you know, 20 minutes away from where George Floyd was mor- murdered. And it's just a time where there's so much tension. There's so much animosity. It's just unprecedented in our country. And there's a lot of people that are going through some tough times right now. What would you say to those people that are listening, that are just having a hard, hard time putting their life into perspective because that was your moment just I mean we're, t- we're only talking about a couple months ago right and I was to the point I mean I'm a very self-aware person I know what works for me I know that exercise definitely is a go-to mm-hmm. but at that time I don't think intense I was not capable of intense exercise I think I was also so really sick. sick and right out of the hospital and then reading didn't want to do that didn't want to listen to music And so I've been to the point where there is nothing and the only thing you can do is reach out to a friend or just put all your faith into God at that time. Mm -hmm. I truly think those are the only two options. That's the only two options I had anyway. Mm -hmm. At my lowest point was reaching out or God when I did a combination, I'd say. Yeah, and you've even told me before you had to realize that it's okay not to be okay. And you had to swallow your pride for a second, Mm -hmm. reach out and, and have that faith that... They're not only have that faith, but that you had a purpose yeah. in, on this earth that was bigger than that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think part of my coping mechanisms in the past have been just running from running from those feelings and not accepting them, pushing them aside and just eliminating them from my mind, which is not a way to go about it. We're, I mean, we're humans. We, we feel, and it's okay to not be okay. And so... The next day I woke up feeling ashamed and embarrassed and so I walked. I just I didn't even listen to music. I just walked and I processed everything I had been feeling and everything that led up to that point and I really thought about it and I really felt it and I didn't push it aside. I walked through it and walked through it. I walked miles and miles. I think that was the day you saw me walking on the side yeah. of the road and I, I walked a long ways like it was probably 15 miles. I don't know. It was, it was far. <laughs> <laughs> I called you. You're like, I've been walking for three hours. <laughs> and I think uh, a key thing that you said there, in, instead, of, instead of running from it or walking away from it, you had to walk through it. And you had to, you had to dial into to that, real, that real tough conversation with yourself. To not let yourself, because you told me I, I, I needed to walk through this because I, I never want to 
put myself in this position again. And you, I think you said that exact thing. Like, I never want to get that low again. Yeah. I need to walk yeah. through this. Like, you had to walk through that storm to back yeah. to the intro episode. You had to be a buffalo there and run into, yeah. Yeah. walk into the storm and mm-hmm. stop avoiding it and stop. If anyone's listening, it's like it doesn't get better by just pushing it aside and pushing it aside and pushing it aside because all of a sudden then it boils over, right? Right. And then you somebody acts irrationally or they give up or they quit or, you know, we talked about mental health on previous episodes. It's it's such an important time to make sure that you have purpose, you reach out to somebody. For you, you had to swallow your pride and, and realize that even though Batman is your favorite superhero, the coolest thing about Batman is that he doesn't possess any superpowers. Yeah. And I mean, even though kids look at you like you're <laughs> like you're Batman and you are to them mm-hmm. and you are amazingly strong, you had to uh, realize that it's OK to have a weak moment. Right. And I've actually been thinking about why I love Batman so much. And it that's a new realization to me is that I love him because he doesn't possess superpowers. He's totally human and built on hard work and dedication, basically, mm-hmm. and that like he's human. I'm human. I can't mm-hmm. always see myself as a superhero mm-hmm. with superpowers. It is okay to be it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be sick. It's okay to ask for help and I'm a human. Yeah. That's that's what humans do. Exactly. Yeah. And another cool thing that you hit on about through that through that journey when you hit your rock bottom is trust in God. And part of this journey that I've been so blessed to witness is you find your relationship with God along the way. And mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that without adding that faith, com- faith component, I don't know that you would be in the same position. I don't, know, I don't even know if we'd be celebrating this today because that, uh, yeah. was, that was such an important part of your journey. It was. And I've always believed in God. I believed in God, and then there's times in my life where I completely didn't believe in my God as a, as a defense me- mechanism, I was like, I don't, I don't want to, because I didn't want to be let down. I think that was probably my reasoning somewhere along those lines. But then cancer, I mean, you brought me back, brought me back to church. Then my faith was reestablished. And then I've realized that I've tried to control every aspect of my life through hard work, determination, perseverance, mm-hmm. which a lot of that you can, there's a lot of circumstances you can control, but there's a lot of things that you just have to give to God and let him take care of, and whatever happens, happens. It's in his hands. Like you have to surrender. Yeah, surrender. And I, I, I like to say God first, crystal second. I was always putting crystal first, and I like to like consider myself not a self-centered person, but almost in a way I was. I was so consumed with being the best that I could be that mm. it was almost a selfish kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so now, now God's number one and crystal's number two, and I've learned to just let go of some things, and I think that's been a major lesson. Yeah, throughout this journey. As oh, well. it's it's been so powerful to see. It's been amazing to see. And speaking of some things to celebrate, because that's that's an awesome, and I mean the best thing to celebrate, right? Like you finding your faith and and knowing that. But I witnessed another amazing thing that just happened a couple days ago, and there was this parade at that started at Crystal's work, Foursquare. And I got there with my family, my my kids. Like she mentioned earlier, she, so Crystal has this thing with kids. Like kids gravitate towards her, and they love her. And my kids were making signs and uh, getting ready to go on this car parade past Crystal's house to celebrate remission. 
And we pulled into this parking lot, a huge parking lot, and there is over 100 cars decked out in your favorite stuff, right? Your favorite colors, you, Batman we t- hit on. I mean, there's signs, there's sayings, be a lion, conquer, uh, my, my sign, be a lion, conquer mountains. And what did that mean? I think it was just so powerful to see because in this whole journey, you thought that, you know, you maybe lost some connection to the things. I, just, just talk to me about that moment. Yeah, well, I knew the parade. I knew the parade was happening. I had absolutely no idea the amount of people that were were going to come. I was actually a little, a little worried. I was like, I hope people want to do this parade. I mean, there there's a lot going on in our world right now, and it's really close to home. And I kind of felt guilty for having for knowing that this parade was going to happen and not saying, oh, let's not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a major milestone and deserves to be celebrated. So I'm very glad I didn't back out of it. But I had no idea the amount of people and. When I first saw the line coming down, I was in shock. It was, it just, it just like, it was amazing. There was a huge dump truck that led the way, which was yeah. super awesome. But the cars just kept coming and coming. And I think, th- I felt like I was in a dream when I first heard the words remission on Wednesday and this parade was on a Friday. And I felt like after multiple, multiple cars came by, that's when I woke up and I was like, ah, oh, it's time to celebrate. It's time to, I can breathe again. I am in remission. And just seeing those kids smiling and loving it. And I think I said, I love you five million times, and I'd say it five million more times. But it just really put things in perspective that I'm making an impact on these kids and will continue to do so for the rest of my life. It was it was awesome to be a part of. And it's just another reminder that we all have an opportunity to make an impact. And you've made your impact prior to cancer. You've made your impact still when you were battling through it. And... Um, what I'm most excited about is your impact moving forward. What's next for you and your journey in remission? I mean, I, I just keep get, I smile every time <laughs> I say it because from three months to live to right now, what is what is Crystal Bauman's journey next post post cancer? The best part is, is a lot of people are like, "What are you going to do when you hear you're in remission?" And I've done so many things in my life and. Like I said, cancer slowed me down. And so the best thing is, is I can't really think of anything. I mean, I definitely have goals for my future, but I'm not, I'm not super urgent to go chase after them. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's very good to chase after your dreams and your goals, but I'm a person that is crazy and will not stop until I get there. Mm -hmm. And then I miss things along, along the way. And so now I can finally breathe and I can relax and I can really figure out what is important to me. And right now what is important to me is getting back to work with those kids, working on my master's and seeing where I go from there. I'm going to get my master's, I'll get my doctorate, work on a book, goals like that, but really just slow down and relax for a minute. I love, I love how you said slow <laughs> yeah. down and then you just that sounds you, crazy. You, you rambled off like three three huge things right in there. I'm just kidding. Master's, doctorate, finish my book and uh, go from there. But uh, I think knowing you, I think what you're saying is be present and be in yeah. the moment. Yeah. Stay in the moment right now, right? Yeah, and not get so not get tunnel vision and just be so focused on that. Like I'm gonna see everything around me. Like walking now I don't listen to music I hear the birds chirping I've never Mm -hmm. noticed birds chirping but birds are chirping constantly little things like that I'm gonna allow myself to see that more yeah just be in the moment and and realize that being present is one of the most powerful things that you can be yeah because you've you've been climbing this mountain with a really singular focus to beat leukemia Mm -hmm. to beat cancer 
against all odds. Yeah. And you did that. And now it's time to take a moment and be present. Yeah. So one of your favorite words is thrive. Yeah. Share a thrive message for anyone listening. How, how do we thrive in our day-to-day lives? Well, what, what do we say? The, the dictionary definition is to, it's to flourish or something along those lines. Yep. To, to, to grow vigorously and flourish. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of unique to each person. But for me, my, my whole life, I would get attached to something like hockey. And I would thrive in hockey. Or I would try and thrive in my career. But for me, it's just more acknowledging all those things that I, that I love and making the most out of all those things and appreciating everything that each day brings and to open my eyes to that. I think that's my definition of thriving. Yeah. Is to just, like you said, slow down and find joy in everything. Mm-hmm. Every day. Yeah, when we get so laser focused on everything else we forget about some of the most important things mm-hmm. in our life and challenge yourself and get outside your comfort zone and for me I mean hockey that's not I was challenging myself in hockey but not other areas of life mm-hmm. like I want to be skilled in all areas I want to I want to learn how to play guitar guitar someday I want to yeah. I want to write a book there's so well, many things. that that makes let me let me bring you to that because you're one of your favorite people is Kobe Bryant and we talk about the Mamba mentality, and you have that Mamba mentality. Like, talk to me about why you're so in, inspired by what he left with his with his legacy, right? Like, now we're talking yeah. about his legacy because, you know, of the unfortunate helicopter accident. But just yeah. why why you're driving that direction? Well, he, I mean, he was an amazing basketball player, but he was so much more than just an athlete. He, I mean, he's written books. He's uh, made a made a movie mm-hmm. um he's he's so skilled in so many areas he can speak spanish fluently he can probably speak multiple languages fluently he's like amazing father and one story i heard on a podcast is kobe was on a road trip and he was he was missing vanessa and the kids and there was a piano um in the lobby and he had never played piano before and he's he wanted to play it's called Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. I have no idea what that is, but I know it's a very difficult thing to play on the piano. And Kobe took that time during the road trip at night to learn it by ear within, it was in under seven days, went home and played it to Vanessa. And that's their song now. I'm like, how cool is that? That's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, we are our only limit, right? Right. Like, that's your, your favorite quote. Like, yeah. you are your only limit. And uh, no progress is made in comfort zones. If you are a first-time listener to this podcast, you uh, we say that often on the podcast. I'm just such a believer that in in life, it's not people say, like, how far can you go? It's really how far you can grow. You're either growing or you're dying. And I think I'm. so many people are inspired by your journey because you want to continue to grow. You believe that what? The best. The best is yet to come. Why do you believe that? Because I can, I, I mean, I've experienced it. Yeah. And each day, it reminds me, my mom works with, she works at a assisted living place, and there's this 90-year-old guy, and every time she asks him how his day is, he says, it's the best day of my life. 
and each day is the best day of his life. And so you could have a, I could have a bad day today, but the best is always yet to come. There's mm-hmm. always going to be better, and there's always going to be a new day. And I've experienced that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm 100 percent with you. I'm a, like, I'm always saying that. I've said yeah. that to you. Yeah, you too. Since, since we, we, since we started this journey, uh, and I, I do believe the best is yet to come. No question, and I especially believe that for you. What is a, a final message you want to share to people that? that hear your story and they feel inspiration, they know you, and what would you just like to say say to somebody that is listening about what you've learned from beating the odds, what you've learned from climbing what seemed like an impossible mountain, what you've learned from your your walk with God, what would you just share as a final message to to those listening? There's so many things I want to say and so many things that come to mind but I think the biggest thing I learned was to be vulnerable and that it's okay to not be okay and so what I want to get across to listeners is that I mean I come across as strong resilient and like I don't need anyone and there's a lot of people in the world that do come across that way and a lot of people a lot of your friends come across that way and you don't think to check in on them give them a call and so just going through that low point I did on March 15th what I want to say is to think about those friends. Don't forget those friends that you think don't need help and just reach out if you, just reach out just to do it. You never mm-hmm. know if they need it. I think it's a good challenge for all of us is that so often we're like, oh, they're, I'm sure they're fine, mm-hmm. right? So many, you talked about, you know, how that hurt you to get down to that point because you felt like some of the your friends uh, left you. Yeah. And I think any of us listening, we, we can all think of, we, something will trigger us thinking of a, of a, person that made an impact on our life instead of just letting that that thought pass i think a crystal challenge from this episode is take 10 seconds and shoot them a message yeah and just make sure that 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 they're okay and that if they did make an impact on your life let them know yeah i think that's so powerful because yeah i i i've seen i've tried to do that much more recently and i i've seen that change conversations or re restart conversations and in a time like this, in our world of what some people would call chaos right now in our nation, I think it's a great reminder to um, to come together and uh, make sure that people are okay. Right. And it, that just makes me think about the kids. I always say, I love you to the kids. I truly love them. But when you say, I love you to them, out of the blue, their their eyes just light up. And everyone wants to hear that. If you love a person... You love your friends. You love your family. Tell them you love them. Just even a simple, I love you. But I just like see it. The kids light up when I say that to them. And so even a simple, I love you text. Love the world. Love your people. Mm-hmm. And tell them. <laughs> well, I I appreciate you and I love you. And I wish that um, many people, I, I pray that many people get as much inspiration from your story as as I do. So thanks again for being on the podcast, and the best is yet to come. Yeah, and I just want to say that I'm just so proud of our friendship and where it's come. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I started as just a member, and then I started as I got cancer and wasn't really coming, and then I, you were the first person I told I had cancer, and then our friendship was kind of here and there, and then you started bringing me to church, and then our friendship grew, and then I pushed you to the podcast, then mm-hmm. we did our, you did your first podcast, but then you did your first guest one with me. And then here we are doing our second one, and I'm in remission. Yeah. 
and I can't wait for yeah. the for the next one when when we're when we're doing a Crystal Bauman book launch. Yeah, and when I'm Dr. Bauman. Dr. Bauman. Well, we'll do one before that too, but Dr. <laughs> Bauman too. <laughs> uh, well, it is truly my pleasure. Uh, blessed to be a blessing, and thank you everyone for listening. Can't wait to connect with you again soon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please give it a five-star review and share it with a friend. Also, go back and check out Crystal's original episode, Fight Like Your Life Depends on It, for inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you all next week.